Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this installment of California Employment News, an informative video resource offered by the Labor and Employment Group at Weintraub Tobin. My name is Beth West, and I'm the chair of the Labor Employment Group, and I'm joined today by my partner, Megan Bainbridge. Today's episode is part one of a four-part series discussing effective and defensible workplace investigations. Today, we will be discussing what steps to take when an employer first learns of a complaint or has knowledge of some alleged misconduct in the workplace. Megan, why don't you start us off and tell us what steps you think are important when an employer first learns of alleged misconduct in the workplace? Thanks, Beth. Well, the first thing that must be determined is whether an investigation is needed at all. Some things you want to consider in making this decision are what are the allegations and is there a dispute as to the facts that requires an investigation? Do the allegations um, indicate a violation of law or policy? Is an in investigation legally required? For example, the labor code requires all complaints of sexual harassment be investigated. Finally, is litigation likely? If after assessing the allegations, you do determine that investigation is needed, the next thing you should consider is whether to engage your legal counsel. The benefits of having the investigation directed by your legal counsel is that you can maintain the privilege during the pendency of the investigation and to the ultimate findings until such time you decide to waive that privilege. Depending on the allegations and the potential findings, being able to maintain that privilege can obviously be quite helpful. Next, you should consider whether there are any interim steps that need to take place during the pendency of the investigation. For example, are the allegations of such a serious nature that the respondent and the complainant need to be um, separated? In such case, you might consider putting the respondent on leave, putting the respondent maybe in a different office location, considering a, um, interim positions. All of those may be um, actions that you want to take in order to protect the um, kind of status quo during the pendency of the investigation. One thing employers should never do, however, is alter the conditions of employment for the complaining party. That could be viewed to be a retaliatory action taken against an employee who has engaged in a protected activity. Once you've determined to investigate the allegations, the investigator must ensure the investigation is prompt, thorough, and effective. So Beth, keeping that in mind, what should employers do um, next? Well, after considering those issues that Megan just discussed, the next thing really is selecting the right investigator. In order to protect the investigation from being challenged as either ineffective or biased, the investigator needs to be skilled in conducting an investigation and must also be neutral. The investigator could be someone internal or could be an external investigator. The key is that the investigator needs to be able to start the investigation promptly and have the skills and experience necessary to investigate whatever the particular issues are that are involved. And of course, they must be fair and unbiased. Some things to consider when evaluating whether someone in-house can conduct the investigation are things like, does anyone have the proper training to do the investigation? Who has the capacity or the time to do the investigation? Also, it's really important to consider who are the parties, who are the complainant and the respondent, because if there's a reporting relationship between the proposed investigator and one of those individuals, that person shouldn't do the investigation. If a person being investigated is an executive or other high level individual of the company, for example, the president, it's probably unlikely that you should have somebody internal do the investigation. Other considerations include uh, whether the person can be impartial. 
an effective investigator can have no stake in the outcome of the investigation. So if there's any concern that the person may be biased or, or even could be perceived to be biased in favor of or against a person involved in the investigation or in the outcome of the investigation, they should not do the investigation. Um, some other considerations are the interpersonal skills and kind of temperament of the individual, depending on what the allegations are, if it's something very sensitive that may uh, upset the person. And then finally, the nature or seriousness of the allegations, as Megan touched upon. If uh, there's any possibility that the allegations involve sensitive issues or there's a risk uh, of potential litigation, the employer should likely retain outside uh, attorney investigators or an attorney investigator uh, to try and protect the investigation under the attorney-client privilege and attorney work product. Megan, what's the next step after deciding who should investigate? Well, you have to provide notice to the relevant parties that the investigation is being initiated. This will often be done by letter, wherein the complainant, the respondent, and potentially third parties are informed that the employer is investigating the complaint and that the employee will be interviewed as part of that investigation. The letter should identify what part of the investigation that an individual plays. For example, is the investigation regarding a complaint that that person made? Is the person, the individual being investigated? Is the individual a third party? No matter who the indiv individual is and what part they play, the letter should explain the policies um, the employer has on retaliation, i.e. that it's prohibited, any confidentiality requirements, and that the employee has a duty um, to be truthful in the investigation to participate. Well, that's it for today. Thank you all for joining us. Stay tuned for parts two through four of this four-part series on effective and defensible workplace investigations. Also, you can find episodes of California Employment News at the Weintraub Tobin YouTube channel or on our LE blog at www.thelelawblog.com. Thank you.